0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Northwestify, the podcast focused focus on technology and digital sector in Manchester and the wider Northwest region. In the studio again, as ever, is Zach Giorgio. Hi. And our uh, producer, Denisa. She doesn't have a microphone, so she's just going to waving. smile. She's, she's waving, waving and smiling. Telling us what to do, bro. You can edit in a hi, everyone, afterwards if you want. Uh, and today in the studio, we've got Chris Mars, the director um, of Agents Of, and he's a brand ambassador for Tech and Digital. Hello. Uh, Hi. Thank you very much, Chris, for coming in. So, do you want to start off maybe telling us a little bit about what a, tell us what a brand ambassador is and
1: what they do? Right. Uh, Okay. Uh, Good question. Um, I guess the idea is that, you know, even think about some of the previous podcasts that you've done, you know, how do brands get the right perception out there from a commercial perspective so that um, they get the right, obviously the, the driving sales. but um, other other benefits might be that the right people are applying for jobs with them the right companies are partnering with them, that they're getting the right suppliers all these all these different elements and it's all well and good as a company saying come and choose us in a very competitive market and that can, I think that will only get you so far what I'm trying to do, what, what I've been doing for the last two years is understanding who my clients are targeting and why and what that offering really looks like from a commercial perspective and then sort of approaching their wish list their targets speaking to them directly and explaining who my clients are and culturing uh, relationships that way so it's it's kind of roundabout freelance business development but in a more kind of effective targeted Scientific way—that's the way I'd like to think of it.
0: Really good, and, and <laughs> just, just drinking coffee to be honest. With you. <laughs> 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 going out, meeting people, drink—that's amazing. I actually did see one of your recent LinkedIn posts. Uh, or actually, it wasn't that recent, but it was a LinkedIn post, and you're just—it's kind of like old school. It's like building yeah. relationships, yeah. and it's getting to know people. and it's the highest value thing a yeah. business can be doing. Yeah,
1: that's all it is. I mean, to an extent, the products and the services are relevant. I think people just—you say people buy from people. I think people buy from friends and if you encourage that from an emotional level and think i think people still buy an emotion and if you encourage that and give people peace of mind these are the right people who you should at least be having a conversation with if you're looking at new supplier lists if you're you know unhappy with your incumbent if you've got a new project if you've been targeted with doing something slightly different you should know who else is out there in manchester and there are so many fantastic tech and digital companies that are that are doing amazing things but Perhaps they don't know how to shout about themselves or they're a little bit introvert or they're not networking A lot of them haven't got time to do those sorts of things. So um, that's with full respect to all of them The idea with what I'm trying to do is is to help them. and that's it.
2: i mean it's interesting for me i mean i I really want to find out about your journey as well where you started how you got to where you got to to be able to do that but what i think is fascinating is i know you know some of the guys as well like christian hill from project simply we've had on the show and martin who's obviously involved in loads of different types of businesses but you mentioned a pick up the point of people like to buy off people but people like to buy off friends you know i've been out with you before at an event and you know all of those guys can you touch on that because we talked quite a lot in our last episode about Manchester still having this
1: fantastic community do you think it's still there do you think it's still going in the right direction God, yeah I mean obviously there's been a, a lot of changes and the landscapes changed massively you know you can still argue that there is a, a place for cold calling I'm just not a cold caller I, I think there's so much that benefits you from body language from seeing the, the whites of people's eyes to actually spending time with people and understanding them. I just struggle with that over a phone. I don't know, perhaps I've just maybe been a bit hard on myself, but kind of thinking, I'm speaking to this guy, I'm doing a really good job, but he's probably scribbling something. Someone's in his other ear. As soon as he puts a phone down, one of my competitors is going to ring him, and they might say something slightly different. So how to be most effective is to, is to spend time with people. So, you know, it's something that I've had to learn and you do have to kind of get confident with it and know how to interact with different people and different styles of how people interact with each other but at the end of the day it's a commercial thing so as long as you're being effective you know you could be a busy fool you know you can go to networking three times four times a day but unless you're benefiting the company you're a busy fool so it's about being effective at the same time
2: All right so i think Sorry, go on, Tom. All right, <laughs> <Interrupted> <laughs> It's you.
1: really interesting for me because I'm
0: in the, in the tech sector and yeah. we we do a little bit on social, but it's largely down to one individual. And yeah. is that something you see sort of time and time again where they're a tech company and they don't understand social or social media or maybe it's not social media, maybe it's people. They don't understand how to interact and, and to get themselves out there. Is that the problem in tech or is it?
1: It's uh, a good question. I think... You know, it's not mutually exclusive. You, you can get away with with still building a very good business and not having a massive social presence because fundamentally it, it can just come down to the credibility of what your brand actually means. I mean, you could argue, you know, Apple, Google, you know, if they did social for themselves, would it would it really influence people's opinions and potentially? But but they're still massively successful companies. For the smaller ones, I think that there is a place for social media and, and it does help with that credibility element but you still need the face-to-face people still need to to understand what these guys actually do why they're different to their competitors to an extent what what their office looks like what the people look like who they're interacting with who they're networking with are they involved in the groups like manchester digital you know some of these you know the reputable uh, voices in the area that's not to say that the companies that are not involved aren't making a difference however being involved in things like that can really benefit you so to answer your question I think it's not mutually exclusive you can always see the benefits from from using social so they can always do it better I think that's what whoever no matter who you are you can probably
0: be doing it better I just the the companies that I know uh, who are in a similar space to me either don't you know they they have built up their business over maybe a long period of sort of five to 10 years and then rely on referrals mm. which again comes back to yeah. people you like and yeah. trust and friends yeah and that's how yeah business is done a yeah. lot of the time yeah um and i want to pick up another point then you were saying about people knowing who your customers do you think the businesses you work with know who their customers do they know them well do they think they know
1: and they don't know who, who they're targeting you mean yeah um some do yeah some do and they'll do the homework some of them have said to me you know we've done email campaigns we've tried ringing them we've spent thousands on exhibitions and stands and you know we do it every year and we're not seeing that return on it so they they know who they're targeting they might be very specific but they're just not getting that return because it's a competitive industry they're not differentiating themselves from their competitors then they're relying on these tried and tested perhaps but they're just relying on them and thinking, right, we've done that. Let's, let's just sit back and wait for the phone to ring and it's not working. You need, you know, things like case studies, podcasts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, all these different things yeah. that, that they're not doing that they could do that, that are accessible to them. And the, and the main reason why they're not doing them is time. You yeah. know, there's there's just not enough time in the day for them. So that, so again, coming back to me, my favorite subject. But but what I've tried to do is say, well, I, they're the things I love doing. I, I'll go out and I'll and I'll talk to people. All these people who you want to be talking to, I'll talk to them on your behalf. Yeah. And I'll just introduce you to them. They have to be decision makers, obviously. You know, it's got to be someone who you know understands what what they're trying to do with the business. But fundamentally, it's just about helping them. So. Yeah. So so just
2: to sort of rewind them. Yeah. What I'm interested in yeah. is is. Well, you've got to. Yeah. So obviously, you're from Manchester. You've been here for a long time. Right. Uh, you've got twenty thousand followers on Twitter. Um, them all. <laughs> 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 They're all robots, <laughs> aren't they? They're They're all like, <laughs> 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 um, but you know. As you say, you go out, you meet people, you yeah. talk to them, you introduce them. Mm-hmm. So, clearly, you're a man on the scene in Manchester. But, what, how did that happen? Just give us your journey. Oh, God. okay. In a nutshell. Right. <laughs> have
1: you got, have we got? Oh, <laughs> for the rest of the week. Um, yeah, cut down version. So, so back in 2000, I think even growing up, I had an interest in, in computing and what computers look like. You know, we kind of old spectrums and Ataris and kind of fast forward to the sort of late 90s when people when more people started walking about the streets with mobile phones, I think that was a big thing to encourage the accessibility of, of communication that you can do it without without having a big wire attached to, to your head. and then people started talking about the internet and that's when I started applying for jobs. I open a newspaper and I just apply for every job to do with IT, IT director roles. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny looking back now. It's with your Spectrum yeah, knowledge and your it, Commodore yeah. 64, it's, it's, your mate's Commodore 64. I mean, that would basically made you an expert back then. <laughs> oh, you yeah, actually yeah, had yeah. your own. Oh, they, not, not everyone had one. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it so, um, but but I knew I wanted to get into that industry because I was I was just tinkering with computers, you know, taking the the jumper off the back of, of DVD drives and 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 reinstalling an operating system just for the fun of it, and you know, uh, hacking and doing all those things. That perhaps I shouldn't be doing, but I just had that interest in it, that sort of inquisitive nature that, that there's more to this. What do I not know? And I thought that there's probably a career in it. My next door neighbor was a programmer for Shell, and he did have very nice cars on the drive. <laughs> uh, that, so that, that was, was a small better. part of <laughs> it. Yes, the sister. money might have been a oh. tiny, <laughs> tiny element. <laughs> really. um, so, so, yeah, so I, I joined a company. They brought me on a customer service sort of ISP. And on the first day, I remember them saying talking about servers, and I, and I put my hand up and I said, "What's a server?" And they also just looked at me as though I'd just growing another head because it was just like, "Well, that's what we do here, Chris. That's why we're paying you." To. <laughs> okay. um, so so I just kind of you know they were, they were fantastic with me. They gave me a lot of training. We had big clients like Cadbury's, Littlewoods, Everton Football Club, that were early adopters. I think they were, they were the important ones that took a risk in 2000-2001 so that's where I was based at Portland Tower. I remember when, you know, when the Twin Towers were hit, you know, we were all set about on one of these big tellies. And we had big computers and, and these huge monitors. And then, so I so I stayed there. I was, I was there for quite a while. Very much a, a culture of growth by acquisition because a lot of IT companies were were starting up. There was the dot-com bust, bubble, whatever you want to call it, that apparently happened. A lot of people lost a, mo- a lot of money. and But th- there was a lot of... lot of money being invested uh, in those days as well so and then fast forward to kind of 2007 I was working for a server hosting company in Birmingham and that was the time when the London Olympic Games was announced and they said they were going to make a massive investment in London and uh, around sort of Docklands area with the Olympic Village a massive massive investment so all the building companies were involved everyone was pitching that actually had a had a direct impact on on pricing for for power and 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 then you know everything else, building materials and everything, but but power was the big thing, and in those days, London was the place to host. So all of, all the Manchester companies and Birmingham companies were using a company called Rackspace in London, uh, not just Rackspace, telecity City, yeah, uh, over on Docklands. So at that point, because of the impact of the Olympic Village, that had a direct impact on on the power prices for the hosting companies so they in turn sent letters to all their clients to say your pricing's going up by 200% well wow. some some even more than 200% so at the time as I say when I was working in Birmingham I couldn't answer enough phone calls from companies saying we just had a letter from our hosting company the price is going up astronomically we're based around the corner from you can we come and host with you Wow. Um, so that, because it didn't that affect was the, our pricing. So that was what drove the... It had a massive impact, yeah. yeah. Man, Manchester and Birmingham did very well out of that, out of the um, out of the Olympic Games. So, you know, a lot of people don't know about that. I just couldn't take orders quick enough. I was an order taker. I wasn't a salesman in those days, I was okay. an order taker. <laughs> uh, and it was a, all around, you know, so, so obviously hosting and people trying to access the internet because a lot of people were realizing that you could access a, a wider network and start selling on the internet as well. Everton, for example, started selling tickets online at that point as well, perhaps slightly before that actually. But it was all around, right, how how we really utilizing the internet against still in its infancy. The way that I, I used to sell it was around sort of business continuity and disaster recovery. They all have had break-ins, power outages, flood. They've all been burgled, you know, at some point in their business lives. Um, so we effectively sold server hosting, co-location, managed services off the back of disaster recovery you know what if something happens to to your to your website to your to the tech we can effectively look after you so yeah i'm going around <laughs> now I was a little bit there so, <laughs> no, you, so, no, it's yeah, fine yeah, that, but that's 2007 2008
2: that that's brilliant so obviously you went on that journey you became successful through that by a coincidence really with what happened in london yeah, yeah. but however your attitude etc um how did you become a man on the scene in <laughs> Manchester then the obvious next step for anyone working in tech is to go into social media right <laughs> <laughs> what what made you wake how, up and decide no, how, how does d-
1: everyone know Chris Marsh in Manchester in the tech community uh,
2: how did that happen
1: so I guess it was it, something that I mentioned before about about cold calling now I, I joined from Birmingham I joined a, a company and they expected me to sit on the phone for nine hours a day make as many calls as possible and sell a competitive product and I just struggled with that I did I just and I didn't enjoy it at all and someone said to me Chris have you tried networking and I thought I'll try anything to get away from this buddy phone ready <laughs> sore throw people tell me to piss off every day <laughs> um, I'll try anything so I went to a networking event and walked into this huge room I've told this story so many times I Walked into this huge room there must have been there must have been two or three hundred people at least in this room a big room and I just shit myself I thought, I thought alright I'll just go to the bar and just stand at the bar uh, with my back to everyone and someone tapped me on the shoulder and said oh, you've, you've not done this before have you and they called me the networking virgin there's a fellow called Will Kintish and um, from there he just kind of explained what networking was all about that you're there to meet new people i said you know i don't know anyone he said well nobody knows anybody you know that's this is this is the whole point they're here to meet new people the whole
2: body language oh, thing yeah. if somebody stood like that or somebody somebody's yeah like it's that. a bit of cheese. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i don't really buy into that sort of thing i think i think it's more i think you you get more out of it if you if you're natural but i just found that i just enjoyed it i just enjoyed meeting new people and understanding them and not selling i thought i'm not going to go in and go this is what we do this is how great we are this is how big our network is and how many data centers we've got now let's just actually you know two ears and one mouth yeah. they say you know use them in that in that ratio so just just listen to people and talk to them and understood what they were trying to do with their business and just learn so much you really do and you meet so many people you know and make a lot of friends you know we're we touching that earlier you make a lot of friends so I'd say off the back of it you know I've been to I've met people's families and you know I've been on stag dues and weddings and, and funerals unfortunately as well but you know it's, it's through all these things these sort of elements that have all come back from networking that have been able to give me a kind of life experiences however i should say it, it it still comes down to that commercial element you know why why am i going to these networking events but i just enjoy it so much right um i think how we got the most benefit i joined a company called melbourne and they were really interested in growing they had a they had a small customer base already I didn't really engage with them i think it's, it's fair to say i think you know they were they were happy to speak to their clients just via email so I made my thing of actually let's go and see them spend time with them and understand why they were using us and quickly realized through using social media let's follow them all they're all interacting with each other you know Christian and and Paddy from from Pac there you've had on the podcast they're all talking to each other they all knew each other and they're all going to the same events and they're all going for a bit so so I thought well if that's where they're going I'll go and I'll go and join them and I stood at the bar with them and and they'd say Oh yeah, we use we use you guys. No, met anyone from from your company before? We just we just raise a ticket if we need anything. But um, so I said, ah, oh, brilliant. Well, I don't need to sell you anything. To you know, do you want be? Yeah, yeah, and talk yeah. to them on a normal level yeah, rather yeah. than a yeah. customer supplier level or a any sort of different sort of environment where where it would uh, rely on being careful in your conversation. No, actually, it just it's just people. So it's just speaking to people on a normal level, and I just enjoyed it so much. But as I say, the the effects were that they would, if they are an existing client, they'd stay with us. And yeah. they'd say, oh, yeah, one of your competitors has been on the phone. They've sent us a quote. It might be cheaper. It might be faster. It might be better. But my thing was always, well, I want them to say, you no, know, we're, we're happy with Chris. And put the phone down. Yeah. So it's yeah. that personal community
2: element, again, which is what's so critical and what I think we're probably doing well in Manchester still, aren't we? So Yeah,
0: we talked about on the previous podcast. How, yeah. I guess how lucky we are, and maybe part of it is the size of the cities in the north that yeah. we can you can actually get to know yeah. a chunk of the community and, yeah. and reasonably well and and, and network with our, the, yeah. the whole comu- you know at some level the whole community yeah. brilliant
1: I think Manchester is still still a small place a small enough place to do, to be able to do that people talk yeah. about what it's like in London you've got to get you know jump on a couple of tubes to be able to do stuff like that now you can walk across town and not that you couldn't before however but it is still that culture of um, let's meet up and have a coffee let's have a chat you yeah. know let's see if we can help each other out rather than um, pass you over the phone. It's yeah. massively
2: interesting because it is spreading out, you yeah. know, when, yeah. When, yeah. when I grew up, Northern Quarter was, wasn't was really Northern Quarter, but yeah. now nice it's Northern Quarter, Green Quarter, right. Spinning Fields, yeah. the list goes on, doesn't it? Yeah. And it is spreading out. However, the point remains, it's still small enough to yeah. get about. Yeah. Whereas London just like that. Well, yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. I, couldn't imagine. So, I couldn't
1: imagine working down
2: there. Do you think that the tech community has changed a lot in the past even even the past one or two years you yeah. know since you've had agents of mm-hmm. or do you think it still remains the same people going to the same events that know each other and are growing the the tech scene here
1: yeah uh, okay it's a good point i think to an extent you know you do still see the same faces and, and there's a lot of the same people but it's about new ideas and new inspirations and that's what is driving change talked about skills gaps and 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 training things like that that's it's the people that understand the industry and understand the problems and the challenges that when you see them constantly, they're the ones that that are making a difference. So there is a big startup culture. There's a lot of co-working spaces. I cannot believe how many co- co-working yeah. spaces there are. It's gone mad on it. It's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> mental. But I guess the benefit there is that it's encouraging more people to to have a an identity, have that sort of brand presence as we was talking about earlier in the city centre, and to make them feel like they are part of it. Something that I was hoping that we could speak about is kind of confidence with younger people. You know I know you've talked about apprentices before and the the developers that have come from code nation and uh, North coders and um, something that I found a few years ago is that because there's so much good work being done in Manchester that can have a knock-on effect a negative effect on younger people in college and high school because they, th- they think it's too competitive and the quality is too high right. that's what I found Mm-hmm. So I went to visit a high school in in Wigan, and even the tutor said it to me. And these are the influencers, the, it's the the teachers and the parents that are influencing young people to say, "Yeah, but Manchester and London, it's 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 high quality and it's very competitive, and it's knocking the confidence." And it's a real wow. shame. Yeah, a real is, yeah. shame. Fascinating. Yeah. So i have not heard that one before. That, no.
0: Uh, well, I've heard it once before. I went yeah. to give a talk at uh, Liverpool John University, where yeah. I studied, because of friend I went to university with is now still the lectures there and I say, well what should I you know pitch it out? should I tell them it's about you know reining in their confidence because no the opposite you really tell them yeah. that the market is accessible and a degree is yeah. valuable and that you know this whole imposter syndrome is yeah. Is a real concern it's with real, the yeah. with the shortage yeah. and the sort of that lack of confidence. Yeah,
1: definitely see it. Yeah, and that's where the, I think there's a, um, a definite need for industry to have a, to have more of an impact on working with younger people on things like confidence. You know, you talk about if you and I used to say it to to, to one of my previous employees. You know, you want to be hiring t- good 21, 22 year olds now, right? That, okay, they're not they're not completely round, you know, round headed, you know, round. Uh, what's the word i Just in, in terms of kind of the experience, business acronym, yeah, haven't got everything. Yeah, but they get in there. But you want to be in business in ten years, yeah, right, yeah. We want to be in business in ten years, and you want to be hiring similar age people, young people, twenty, you know, twenty. I'm not talking about seventeen, eighteen, you know, 20, 21, 22, 23 Guess what? Guess what? They are now. They're at primary school now. So what are you doing now to talk to primary school children? About confidence and and accessibility, and encouraging them to actually pursue a career in tech, IT, computing, digital services, whatever yeah. that looks like. We're in Manchester. You know there is poverty. There's right on your doorstep. You don't have to go very far t- to see poverty, and and that comes from generations of unemployment, and that that will continue unless industry, in my opinion, hasn't has has more of a, an impact on those children and says. No, you, actually you can. You can be the next, saying Steve Jobs, but you, you, yeah. know, you can have an impact on the future. If you if you apply yourself and you have the confidence to be able to do it, you can. I think it's really hard for those individuals to get that first job as well. I think that is, and it's
0: hard for businesses, right? Because they say, well, what's, you know, being selfish, what's in it for me? What return am I going to get on this individual in one year, two years? If the average tenure of a, a developer is two years, I think it's around there somewhere, then, by the end of two years, they're just starting to get really good <laughs> so yeah. and of course, it comes back to culture and does, companies yeah. retaining people yeah. you know, and investing investing and retaining people yeah you know, and it's all
1: of that yeah it's something that you said on on a podcast before about not being able to teach culture. I, I disagree to an extent I think you, you can, but it has to come from an early age and I think I got a bit of, a bit of my confidence looking back seeing how how my dad used to interact with complete strangers and he'd just have a laugh with them and to an extent i remember him talking to one of the female checkout girls at Asda and i thought it was flirting i got a bit uncomfortable but actually looking back it was just it was just trying to brighten their day he was just having a laugh it was it was one of these you know ten items or less checkouts and he said come on she can't count to 10 you know and and i was just like you can't talk to her she's a complete stranger yeah. but actually he had the confidence to do that and it was just about interacting with another person i think if you if you encourage that with children that there's this whole you know sort of you know don't talk to strangers however how do I say this carefully with being a father and myself, you still have to have that confidence in, in order to to get somewhere in life. You still need to apply yourself and have that sort of energy. Well attitude's everything in it at attitude. the end of the yeah. day. Attitude is yeah. everything. And I think yeah. culture can be
2: taught. I think it can yeah. be developed. I think you can be nurtured. Yeah. I think, you know, you you become a we're all parents mm. and I think you become a parent and you you know, it's not a job that you've practiced before. Mm. So you you just end up going along the way and, and hopefully do a good job. And yeah. I think uh, well, certainly I feel yeah. that we're, we're doing a good job whilst the mm-hmm. challenge is there. But I think what is interesting is the point that from a growth perspective, from what's going on in Manchester, for the opportunities out there, if there was any young people that listen to our podcast, have the faith because there's yeah. loads of opportunities. Have the confidence. As long yeah. as you've got the right attitude, yeah. you can be successful. Yeah. The only barrier to entry is yourself. Yeah, And is. Is. anyone can get anywhere as long as they... Are prepared to put in the time and the effort. Yeah, um.
1: and you don't have to be—you don't have to be life and soul of the party. You know, it's not—it's not about having people that will shout. You know, who'll shout the loudest, and you know whether that's sales or developers or business owners or office manager, wherever that is. For me, it's about—it's a confidence, but but also that sort of inquisitive nature. I remember again one of the companies I worked for, and we hired someone. I remember, we hired like called Phil, and he's, and I was mates with his cousin. And his cousin said to me, "Oh yeah, you've hired Phil, da da da." And he told me stories about what Phil was like growing up. And he said he used to come over and take things apart. He, he took my mum's hair dryer apart, and he couldn't put it back together. I remember him sat there crying because he couldn't put my mum's hair dryer back together. And I thought that's that's the type of person who we want—the one that thinks what's what goes on inside this mechanical yeah. machine. You know, how does it work? What, what's it all about? What what can I not see? What, what's it all about? did the same with his with his dad's electric guitar or something as well so but, but, but that was is. popular <laughs> <laughs> that went down well that's, that's, I think his dad probably started crying at that point but it is that it's the inquisitive nature I think if you've got that inquisitive nature you'll always want to progress yeah Chris there's a topic that you brought up before that we've not talked
2: about a lot on on this show so far a number of topics we have we've touched on before however there's one that I just like to spend a bit of time on with you before we finish off, and that's the startup culture in Manchester. Mm. So we talked a lot about people moving here, yeah, big business moving here. Um, why is Manchester a place that people want to come and start the businesses? Well, <laughs> or, or what? What you see, because uh, you mentioned, yeah, and there's a lot.
1: There, well, there are. Let's let's face it. You know, there are already some good tech companies already based here, some some growing there's plenty of small ones I think the you know in the news you'll see that companies like Amazon do, they're opening an office in Manchester as well I know you mentioned that on your podcast as well and that that's something I think is is definitely needed for more investors to open their eyes and to see what's going on in Manchester for other brands to, to come along but I don't know I think for me it it comes down to the, the history uh, of Manchester you know what Alan Turing did with baby computer with the amount of fiber that's in around can I just few? say can I just say it was recognized at last Alan
2: Turing mm. after all those years yeah. of pretty much persecution yeah. to a degree
1: yeah and rightly so yeah um, but you know obviously th- you know there's just so there's a lot of history and that should you know we're just talking about tech here now but Alan Turing did and and, and that that is our legacy as well as everything else that, that comes out of Manchester and that uh, you know again I think someone mentioned drive by shootings and <laughs> yeah, cotton, <laughs> yeah. cotton cotton and gums we have come C- a long uh, way Gunchester, yeah. Yeah. It, Ethan? From right. gunchester not it so gunchester to right. tech okay. hub yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for um, Te- 15 Manchester. years yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's it's that accessibility and again it goes back to the network there is a strong network of people there are investment uh, a lot of the banks are looking at supporting the startups and giving advice and that's something that that personally i found when I set up, when I went self-employed for the first time, that was a massive worry for me. How am I going to do this by myself? I never felt like I was, was by myself. I always had people that were willing to help, and it was a massive. I took it as a massive compliment. It was. It was very reassuring. There was always people that wanted to spend their time to make sh- or that. I felt that to make sure that I was successful. That I'm. Yeah. That I'm doing the right thing. I, I remember I meeting up to. with you dinner. We we yeah. met up, didn't
2: of we? Yeah. It was actually, really, really funny. Cause yeah. we bumped it's all down in. to you. It's all down to you. <laughs> <laughs> We were having some lunch and we bumped on somebody And uh, Chris said to this gentleman, I won't his name, he mm. said, uh, Yeah, let me introduce you. This is Zach and Jonathan from Chroma." And the guy went, Oh, brilliant. I love your pizzas. <laughs> 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 and uh, it was one of those moments where I'd really wanted to get in with this client, really desperately wanted to get in with them. And I was a bit like, um, We don't do pizzas. <laughs> we. Uh, we, we we do recruitment. He's like, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Suffice never mind. to say, we never did business with. I thought you did. <laughs> one one more pizza. thing. Up,
0: one yeah. more thing. I want to bring back in then, just before we finish up, which was something you talked about the the younger generation, how we're going to get mm. them into tech. Mm. What do you think um, business owners and people in the tech community should be doing or could be doing now to children of 10, 11, 12 to encourage them into tech mm. and make them feel given that can do attitude and yeah. make it more accessible.
1: I think showing showing them how what a working environment looks like and how people of 21 22 23 what they look like and and how they're going about their day and, and what uh, you know how they're spending their day. Of course tech's going to change over the next 10 years. Can't expect to, to teach a 10-year-old Java now or Flash. Yeah. Flash <laughs> great one yeah. Yeah. So many festivals. And they, apparently they are, they probably still teaching Flash in, no way. in college. Yeah, yeah, still teaching it. Um, which is just nonsense, you know. But uh, but of course, everything's there. Are, there is going to be a lot of change over the next ten years. Of course, there is. You look back over the last ten years of what of what tech looked like. Massive change. So it is all about having having confidence that that you can make a difference, that you can be part of this this industry, what it looks like in the next ten years, and giving them examples. They won't know that this is tech and and what they're using at home is tech. Whether it's you know Alexa or anything IoT at home or what you know using technology in your car or a lot of these things will be second nature to them my, my six-year-old still you know he's been swiping yeah since since birth so <laughs> um, they love it don't so they know, it's just the it's just that that to them so yep. so to give them an understanding that they can be part of what it could potentially look like in 10 years we sound oh i sound old by going oh we didn't have mobile phones when we were your age but but it's true you know it's um you know, probably similar with our with our parents. They didn't have Sky TV when they were our age. You know, so it was. Um, it's about it's about a confidence. It's about encouraging them that we need them in the future. That technology isn't going to rely on us when we're 50 60 sixty. We're looking to retire then. We probably won't in this no, in this in this, uh, <laughs> in this landscape. But um, but we need we need their skills. We need their ideas. Their fresh ideas. We'll be too involved in tech. In those in in that area we'll need them to kind of have an oversee and, and go this is this is what you should be doing and, and tell us um what they think is needed
0: brilliant thank you very much chris fantastic note to end on as ever if you want to get in touch with the northwest five podcast you've got any ideas for future shows um you want to suggest guests we might have on it's Northwestifypodcast at gmail.com we also have a linkedin page which is also northwest five podcast or contact myself, John Clary, Zach Giorgio, or Denisa uh, on via LinkedIn and and get in touch that way. Thank you very much for the show. Cheers, Chris. Thanks. Cheers, thank you.